me, your lover, Judy Gold. Welcome to Kill Me Now. We have two very special guests today. Very, very special. But, and I know this is uh, airing at the end of January. It is now, uh, I think we're eight days from fucking what the fuck is going to happen. So we don't know. (laughs) I'm warning you right now. We don't know what happened at the inauguration, but I fucking hate, I want to kill, like, since it is Kill Me Now, Jim Jordan needs someone to pull his ears out of his head and someone to stick like a big <laughs> dildo a- up his ass. Okay. <laughs> While he's being pinned down by, by a wrestler. Okay. <laughs> Donald Trump. I, I, I can't even, it's beyond, I, I, Ted Cruz Oof. needs a dick in his mouth and in his at. In his ass, and his fucking wife needs to watch him suck the dick. <laughs> of I can't, I hate them. I fucking hate them. So I just wanted to start with my kill me now uh, moment. But to our to guest today, you know, I had to get that out because you are the most loving, caring. Like I mean, this is a feel good. This is going to be a feel good episode, and I am enraged. So thank you. Stephen Skeels and Jared Bortz are, I, I don't know how, okay. So they're both incredibly talented, you know, musicians, actors, musical theater people, dancer, everything, okay? They're really good looking, FYI. You'll see when you we do the little clips, okay? Um, Stephen has a fucking, I don't know what on his head, but- what is it? Pebbles. Remember Pebbles and Bambi? Pebbles, yeah, has a Pebbles haircut. <laughs> um, and they are a married couple who went through an incredible tragedy, and all they can think about is giving back. Now, that is what I call not Judy Gold. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> that's what I call, as we you know, this is the this is the Jubel, by the way. I call that tikkun olam, and that is the Jewish value of repairing the world. And I feel like that is what our religion is based on, and these two guys embody tikkun olam. So thank you for being here. Thank you for bringing joy and and the most incredible music to, uh, first of all, um, so you have this album out. We're going to get to why and all that shit. Um, but I want to just, I want people to get this album. Okay, so let's just start from the beginning. Steven is more of the behind the scenes writing every fucking song. And Jared is a a performer. He was in Wicked for 12 years. 12? Yeah, 12 plus, yeah. 12 plus. But let's start at the very beginning. A very good place to start. Okay, so can you tell everyone about the album, and then we're going to go back to your childhoods. Go. Yeah. So no, I, I love what you said about uh, 
the 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 give it back and uh because it really was you know we were receiving so much help and it really is so much easier to give than receive i don't know there's a long tradition in broadway we raise money for everything i know and you know we we fundraise we have two six-week fundraising periods which 12 weeks i mean that's a quarter of our year that's a quarter of our year we spend fundraising just that work um and so we received so much support from so many people that that we wanted to balance out the scales and we actually felt like, oh gosh, this is so weird being on the receiving end. Let's right. let's get back to the giving. Um, so that was the the album was that. It was like, let's, let's, you know, uh, gather a bunch of your songs, a bunch of, you know, the fanciest names we can get to help promote and sell an album. And let's, let's, uh, let's try to make this thing. And and so the first thing we did, I was like, you know, reach out to Lynn Pinto. She uh, produces an album called Carols for a Cure every year. Right. And I've sung on it several years and she knows me. She knows Steven. And I said, at least just ask her for, you know, some some advice. Like, where should we start? And Steven sat down to talk to her and she said, before you even say anything, I'm in. I'm on board. I'm going to fund the thing. We're going to do this. Now tell me what it is. Um, and that wow. was, that was the, the, the amazing sort of start of, of this project. And the name of the project is Thankful. Um, Thankful, an album for Jared Borgs. Um, and we'll get to why Jared and Stephen are so thankful uh, in a little while. Um, but I want to say that I try to do as much research as possible. By the way, Stephen, you are so fucking hard to find information on, FY and I. Okay. <laughs> he, he, um, he's been hiding his lighter under a bushel for far too yeah. long. Yeah. Not anymore. Well, well, not anymore, bitch. Okay. Yeah, no. Yeah, And um, Jared said something that is so important that we will bring back this theme later in the episode that giving is so much easier than receiving. And I, I mean, that is so true. It's so much easier to be there for other people and, and be that person. And then when you need it, it's like, you don't want to take, I know it's just, but you guys, okay. First of all, we met at a, an equality benefit yeah, a year ago, benefit. We were giving. So yeah, we were giving because that's all we do. That's all we do. Yeah, it does. And, you know, like I, but see, I feel like actors and cabaret, you know, musical theater and cabaret people. I mean, the comics are the lowest on the totem pole. But uh, you guys can relate to the fact that people think that we are so like, oh, well, you do this for free because you're just a you're just a court jester. You just sing songs for a living. You just you know. And it's like, fuck you. You wish, you wish you could do what I do yeah. for five fucking minutes. And, and does anyone ever ask you to, you know, do anything for free? But, you know, we are, we're, we're very sensitive people. I know, usually so, when people would ask me to sing, I was like, what do you do for a living? They're like, I'm a, I don't know, tax preparer. I was like, yeah. can you come over and do some taxes for me? And yeah, just, I do that all the time. Yeah. Like, well, is that, is that something people <laughs> ask you to do for free? Just I know. Like, yeah, oh, can you look at this mole on my back? Thank yeah. you. <laughs> you fucking asshole. Jared and Stephen are married. Stephen, where the fuck did you grow up? Evansville, Indiana. Evansville, Indiana. And my son went to IU, so I know a lot oh. about Indiana. <laughs> Not the most um, loving or tolerant area of the United States of America. Basically Kentucky. It's know. basically on the uh, right. yep. Kentucky and Indiana. Very uh, conservative views, I would say. A little redneck. Did and you, I, from I'm sorry, did you grow up in a conservative there. family? Um, Not so much my, I'm the youngest of 10 children. What? Youngest of 10. And my father passed when I was nine. And so my mother, and we were actually dirt poor. And my right. mother raised us all on her own. She was an incredible woman, 
Oh my God. My best friend and whom I adored, who we lost nine years ago. I'm but sorry. she was very strong, hundred pound, five foot woman, but, but, but steel. I mean, had a heart and heart of gold and a very strong woman. And I popped out, she said, musically. And from the time I was a baby, she said that music, that I would kind of change my whole way of being when I was right. four years old. And by five, I was singing and harmonizing by six or seven. And, and I told her when I was five years old that I'm supposed to be in New York City because we were watching TV. And I said, that's where I'm supposed to be. She said, that's and you're York. the youngest of fucking talent. Youngest? The youngest yeah. is always the best. I'm telling you. The youngest is the most talented. And no shit about, huh? But I mean, I, I was the favorite. You were the favorite? Absolutely. The favorite. Oh. Are you the only gay of the 10 kids? Well, I have a brother who's bisexual but never really came out. And he's very, very um, kind of uh, little, he was a little rednecky, but he had like a, a um, aneurysm. an aneurysm and it changed his personality completely. Made him what, what happened? Is he a big queen now? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 I can't I, wait for him to hear this. He'll love that. I, 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 I think the bisexual thing was always there, but he used to be like a bit of an asshole. And he was a bit of an asshole, and I and also he was a little bit of a gigolo. He didn't care if you were a man or a woman, as long as you kick, take care of him. And right, pay, right. But I, I don't ever want to work a day in my life. I want people right. to take care. Of him. And he kind of had that kind what of. What number is he? He's number Elaine, Linda, Ricky, Allen, Debbie, Randy, Ronnie. He's number six. Number six. Wow. And you didn't have your own room, I'm assuming. Oh, we lived in literally a rundown shack that the ceiling was coming, caving in. Right. And only one little tiny heater in the entire house. One year we didn't have heat at all because we were so poor. And two bedroom? Two bedroom and like 10 people in the little tiny, tiny house. I don't even know what square footage would be. It was so small. Very small. You woke up with snow on your face? We woke up with, with snow because there was a huge hole in the roof. Oh, and I woke my. up with snow coming on my face and, you know. And so did you, and for like, you went to school, I'm assuming, even though you were freezing, were you good in school? Did you have like a normal school life, even though you were like, basically? You know, I, I think being the youngest, I saw that so many of my siblings were made fun of because we were so poor. Right. Skills, white trash, cooties, that kind of thing. But at a very early age, I was, I was very funny. I was very right. funny. And I realized, as you know, that funny people will like you if you're funny. And then I would well, yeah. dance and be silly. And so I made a really conscious decision early on. Like, I'm going to be liked. And actually, I was actually really popular all through school. Fuck I think you. Okay. <laughs> because I think it was really calculated on my part to try to right. be liked. You know? But it's good that, that you're that smart. So did you, were you like involved in like the musical theater? Were you gay? I mean, well, did I, you- at age seven, the movie Funny Girl came out, and my mom, oh. took me, we got a little bit of money, and she took me and my sister, and <laughs> I was also very little. When I was seven, I looked about three or four. I was very tiny right. for a long time. Right. And I saw it, and Barbara Streisand came on screen, and it literally changed my life. And I knew in that moment that I would be in show business, I swear to you. And I came I, home. And she, you know, that's so funny. Because she's really open. my dream is my bucket list is to write a song and, and produce a song for her, and it's going to happen. It's going to happen. But here's the thing. You know, as a Jewish girl from New Jersey, um, she was like, it's funny that she reaches out to you, this like gay, poor family living in a shack. And 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 to me, she's also the dream. Like, here's this seemingly, you know, she's considered unattractive, but she's fucking go fuck yourself. Gorgeous. I'm not changing who I am. Gorgeous. Yeah. Absolutely. And gorgeous. Yeah. All right. So we have that in common. That's great. And you you knew you were gay, but you just didn't deal with it. I just, I just knew I was really strange. I was a really strange <laughs> child. I really right. And my teacher, I also used to write backwards when you're, you know, when you're first learning cursive, yeah, 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 I yeah. Learned, and she would come to my desk and I would be literally writing 
person backwards. She, I think she thought I was a witch. She said it one time. We got this little redhead because I was a flaming redhead. And left-handed. And left-handed. And I wrote backwards. And when I would have to write on the, the chalkboard and she had you up in front of the classroom, I would write with my right hand. So I was always switching. She, I was just strange. My desk had to be turned different from everyone else to, for me to write a certain way. I was a very- Oh my odd, God, I love you. An oddball. I really was. Did you play the drums? I didn't. Because, you know, that's a th- like the people who can do the left and the right independently to me are the best percussionists, you know, but you're a piano player. So it's the same thing. All right. Anyway. Hey, everyone, you know, one of my favorite things in life, if not my most favorite thing in life, which, yeah, it's arguably my most favorite thing in life besides my kids and is food and eating. Eating is my favorite activity. And eating is better and easier with Factor. Factor, I'm telling you, I tried their stuff. It is delicious. It is great. It is high quality. And they are, when I say ready to eat meals, they're ready to eat in two minutes. They're not frozen. They're never frozen. They're chef crafted, dietitian approved, and literally you heat them for two minutes. Every week you have over 35 options to choose from. They have calorie smart, protein plus, keto. I just did chef's choice. 60 or more add-ons that you can stay fueled up. They had these juice shots that were incredible. These are restaurant quality meals that are ready to heat and eat when you are ready to eat. That's it. And they're really good. Elisa loved them too. There's no prep. There's no mess. I've tried a lot of these different kinds of meals. Factor is amazing and so convenient. It's so great to get home from a long day of like schlepping around and knowing you have this delicious meal waiting for you in the refrigerator that takes two minutes to heat up. And you can pause, you can reschedule your deliveries at any time. It is a great solution for those nights and days that you're looking for fast, great, delicious options with no cooking required, okay? And Factor is less expensive than takeout. So what are you going to do? Because I'm telling you, you have to believe me, I never lie, Factor is amazing. You're going to head to Factor Meals, F-A-C-T-O-R-M-E-A-L-S, dot com slash Judy Gold 50, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D 50, five zero, okay? Judy Gold 50. And use code J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D five zero, Judy Gold 50, to get 50% off. That's code Judy Gold 50 at factormeals.com slash Judy Gold 50 and get 50% off. It's worth it. You're welcome. Jared, let, let me just tell you what I know about Jared since there is shit about him. Okay, I got to listen to an inter- He's not Stephen hiding in the fucking, you know, bunker. Okay. You were very close to your grandmothers. And that to me, I, my, my grandmother, also my savior. Um, but I love that you had that sort of, person in your life who was, you know, like you were accepted by your, now you say, um, Gladys was your mother's mother. Right. And Eileen was your mom. It was your, um, dad's mom. 
Yeah, you know, and, I have never had one of these interviews where somebody starts the interview knowing things about me. So I'm just, I'm already sort of like, I feel like I'm a fancy person for some reason. Oh, well, I do. I love <laughs> doing research because, my, you know, my podcast is called Kill Me Now because that's what I say every fuck because everything annoys me. But I believe everyone has a story. And, and, um, and I just love to know what makes people tick and who they are. And, I, you know, I listened to this interview you had and I was, and it's just the, Having one fucking person, one person, that's all you need to say, you know, you're normal. You're okay. I don't see anything. So, and I just, I love that. That So you, your grandmother took you to the grease paint players. Is that correct? Well, that, that was, uh, it was, there was an article, there was a little thing in the paper, auditions for the grease paint players. Right. Or a children's theater production um, of Jack and the Beanstalk. And she goes, honey, I think you'd like this. Um, and so I went and I played a bean and a townsperson and she couldn't have been more right. I just like a, like a pig in shit. I just, just loved it, you know, because before that I just did all the prerequisite, like, you know, you shuffled a choir with all the kids. You shuffled right. Um, that was the first time it was sort of like choosing it outside of what was just sort of, you know, obligatory. Um, so yeah, that really was the, the start. I think it was 13 maybe. So before that. Tell me about your family. Like, just seems like a normal. Yeah, I mean, we're we're very yin and yang. Right. Um. Uh. I very normal. I'm the youngest of three boys. Again, the youngest. Um. And uh, grew up in Western Pennsylvania. Yeah. Latro, Pennsylvania, the home of Rolling Rock beer, Arnold Palmer, and Mr. Rogers. Um. And uh, and my parents, you know, worked super freaking hard. I'm just saying the other day to my brother, it was like, the reason we're so like self-sufficient because we never knew you could hire people to do things right you know my dad and they would do everything and and you know anytime my dad got stuck doing something he called buddy who knew slightly more than he did right 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 um and uh you know they were hard-working good folks um and i super super uh lucky in that way that i i got I, when i met steven I, I was a blank page i was i was uninhibited or unhindered by by bad things. And, and he was the complete opposite. He was full of, you know, a life of things that had sort of scarred him and, and, and written upon him. Um, and so I remember the first time he sort of shared his background, we were driving home from a, a New Year's Eve party, uh, in Nashville, Tennessee, back to New York. Right. And he Who started telling me about goes to, all right, go ahead. We'll deal with uh, that. His, his best friend, My best friend lives there. That's right. I'm but who drives? Um, go ahead. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we were, uh, and he was started telling me a story and I literally said, you know what, I'm going to need you to pull the car over because up until that point, the story of his life was something that only existed in after TV school specials, right? Um, after school specials. And, and it Love was those. at that point was the first time it hit me that people go through some really dark shit. Awful yeah. shit in their lives. And it, it never was real for me. Um, and, and so that, yeah, I mean, I was, I was lucky, had a a super easy, lovely, caring, loving, provided for upbringing. And it's amazing how you get attracted to those kinds of people. Right. Um, Fascinated. I was like, what happened next? And then what, you know, it just, it all seemed like a, like a crazy movie. And I was drawn to his just even keel idyllic childhood. I, I couldn't hardly, for him, as strange as it was for him to hear about my life, it was strange for me to hear about his life. People were you, did you feel like when you guys first met and you were talking about your upbringings and stuff, did you, did you feel resentment, Stephen? Like that? No, I did. I, I felt in awe of someone that had that kind of a life, really honestly, because I, and for so long, I hid so many things. My father also was paranoid schizophrenic. 
So right. before he died, from the time they had me, number 10, my, my dad was in and out of mental institutions. So, and when he was around my mom, he was very violent and an alcoholic. So it was Ugh. just, I popped out into like trauma land. You know right. what I mean? Life was so, his mom and dad still love, adore each other. They still right. like, I know. I, I, I couldn't imagine what that was like. And Jared, so, I think that's the anomaly. I mean, honestly, it, you are, yeah. That And the fact that you become, it's so funny because you think all performers, I know for comics, there's very few comics who are like, oh, I had the happy-go-lucky childhood, <laughs> you know? And I feel like that's generally the way it is I, with performers, except for like, you know, this, the popular singer girls who are probably like, you know, whatever. It's so, because when everyone finds out, you know, what happens to you guys, it makes so much sense to me now that you were sent to him. You were sent to, Stephen was sent to Jared because, I mean, you're, what you've seen in your life is so incredibly dark and you were you're the perfect person to deal with the darkness that unfortunately hit you guys mm. a couple of years ago i just it's so it's so beautiful the way i mean i hate being like really positive but it is sometimes <laughs> the way the universe works isn't it it's, I really, it's I so off it's my brand curious yeah. um but i do have this other nice side of me all right so you grew up in Western Pennsylvania. You love your grandma. You love Golden Girls. Used to watch oh Golden God. Girls well, with your grandmother. Brown paper bag. Go to grandma's house. We we go and play bingo at the fire hall. Right. Um, and then we go and watch Golden Girls. I'd sleep in the rollaway bed in her, you know, in her bedroom. The best. And you were popular, and you were friends with girls. You know what? That's, um, that's a strange thing. I was popular. I was on student council, but I could not have felt more like an outsider and like an alien. Right. On the- I think for on the outside, people are like, oh, it's Jared. I think on the inside, if they only knew how right, like, the, the torture I felt. Yeah. Um, because I just didn't see what I felt on the inside reflected anywhere around me. I know. Representation is so fucking important. So important. Absolutely. And it's so interesting that we, you know, like as a gay, you know, we grow up innately knowing, well, our generation, or you're a little younger than me, but I, that- Okay, Stephen, I think you're still younger than me. I don't know. He has a big birthday no, coming. Baby, up. you're younger than me. I'll be when, 60 next month. Happy birthday! You're so much older than me. Two years. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you look good. What the fuck? I hate you. That's, All right. That's I'm what the that's what the high, it's pulling me back. That's what the yeah, point is. what pulled me back. But, you know, <laughs> and the thing about the be, being friends with girls. I mean, I love that because. Oh yeah. All my, I mean, boys scared me. I didn't know what to do with boys. I, right. I didn't understand. I, I, I just didn't get it. I didn't know how to relate to boys. Right. I was like, eh. yeah. yeah. Girls, adults, anything except my peers that were also male, um, male identifying, you know, whatever, whatever the, the, the terms we use now that gender is a spectrum and not just binary. Like I, right. We, yeah, but um, of course now they do that. Yeah, the girls were safe. It was like, oh, this is right. safe. safe. And I fucking hated the girls because they were so fucking nasty. Anyway, um, d- all right, just quick question before we get to you going to your dance class. Someone brought you to a dance class, Jared, right? Yeah. Your friend yeah. said, yeah. why don't you come to dance class? Bring a friend to dance class day. Yeah. And that was it for you. You were well, yeah. I mean, it, there was something about the uh, the the discipline, the absoluteness of it in ballet. There's, I mean, it, you're either doing it right or you're not. There's really not room for interpretation. You know, a tondu is a tondu, an arabesque is an arabesque, and there's something about that absoluteness that just immediately appealed to me. I was like, ooh, 
this, I can do this. There's no gray area. You're either doing it or you're not. And I like, I'm a very physical person. I like working hard. You know, everything about it. And it was artistic. I mean, everything about it appealed to me. It's like classical. You know, I studied, you know, music in college. Too. And it's the classical, you know, like this is the piece. This is how it was meant to be played. And and first of all, I feel like you can't do, like you need that basic training to do anything, you know? <laughs> so you you go to this ballet class and you're like, oh my God, I love this. And is anyone at school like, Jared's a faggot. Oh, no, nobody knew I went to all dance right, class. Yeah, I'm, all right, good. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, look, there, there, there was the occasional, like, walking down a, a pretty empty hallway and the guys would go, right. you're a faggot. Yeah. You know, that was, that was the worst it got for me, thankfully. Right. It was just a very sort of subtle thing. Otherwise, you know, I, I didn't deal with too much, you know, bullying and that kind of stuff. So yeah, no, people didn't know that I, I, I danced with ballet. Um, the the so part funny, that was, the, yeah. the thing I was embarrassed about is I, I started at age 15, I started working full-time at the local theme park as an entertainer. Yes. Um, I, which yes. was against all child labor laws. But that right. was that was the embarrassment because it was the school picnic day where right. the whole school was going to be at the theme park. And there's me doing shows. Just, I, I couldn't, that was a thing that so the ballet, I didn't have to deal with that. I could, that could be my own little thing that I could explore right. what to do. Cause it was, it was in the big town of Greensburg, you know, and I went to school in La Trobe. So there was, there was no crossover there. Thankfully. Right. So did you guys have gay, you know, experiences when you were in high school? No, I'm, I'm so, when my friends talk about these things, I'm like, you did what? I mean, I was so scared of my own shadow. Right. right. I, you know, I, I didn't even have, I couldn't even, I remember, you know, thinking to myself was like when I'd lay in my bed, it was like if there was a naked girl and a naked boy in front of me, which one would I choose? Which one? You know, I, and I would always so torture myself with this question. So the idea of actually having a gay that experience. That is what you said to each uh, to yourself? Oh, my God. Uh, I was with the, I was with the, I had a girlfriend and we were having sex. I had a girlfriend. Ew, I, did you I, like it? I liked the feeling. You know what I mean? Right, I, right, I, right. I, I was very, but I knew I was attracted to to men as well, boys. Right. I, I don't know how fake. guys, you know, because women can fake it, but like guys really can't fake it. Guys are like, though, if you, but I wasn't the same way too. No, we, I really cared about her and she was right. sweet and we had time together. And and sex feels we good. We love fashion and it's, which should have been a thing. We both right. were obsessed GQ and Vogue in high school and she, she made hats. She wanted to be a fashion designer at the time right. and made me clothes. And we, I was just, we were just, straight. oh, that's cute. You get into Penn State for engineering, is that right? Well, that that was that was very much my my mother, and probably appealing to the practical side of my brain. That I had said to myself, you know, Carnegie Mellon University has a great theater program, and I made up this arbitrary decision that if I get into CMU, it means I'm good enough and I can pursue this for a living. If I don't get in, well, I got accepted to see to Penn State for engineering, right. and lo and behold, I don't get into CMU, and. Uh, you know, and that was the the biggest learning lesson of of all is you know because this business little did I know was going to be full of tons of rejection. Oh yeah. And if I was going to be discouraged by my very first rejection, then I probably shouldn't have done it for a living. Right. Um. But it it, it immediately I just sort of dismissed it and was like, no, I still want to do this, so I'm going to figure out another option. And so that's that's when I ended, you know I, I applied at Ithaca College and auditioned there and got into their program, which right. uh, is is an amazing program as well. Right. And it's exactly where I should have been. I should not right. have. See, the I, universe. Yes, provides. Right. And so, <laughs> so you go to Ithaca um, and do your, are your parents like. 
Well, I was the first kid to like go away to school. My brothers went locally. Right. Um, you know, they, they, they started off a community college, you know, mostly in a, for a frugal reasons. You're like, let me get my prereqs out of the way. Then I'll go to the local state college. So me going out of state into a private college. I mean, when I got accepted and they got the bill, my parents, they were like, they sat me down. They're like, I'm so sorry. We can't afford this. Right. And that was their knee jerk reaction, but they knew, you know, being the amazing people they are, they, they figured it out. They found a way to pay for it. Um, so, so when they dropped me off at school, it was the first time there, you know, they had a child really sort of right. really flying the nest. You know, they, right. I wasn't going to show up on weekends with my laundry and asking for food. Right. I was really gone. You and know? you were excited. You were happy about yeah, it. Yeah. Excited, scared. You know, my senior year and my, uh, of high school and then into my freshman year, uh, is my only time other mother time that I had panic attacks yeah yeah uh, because it was such a huge transition yep. so I was you know I was excited and scared um a little into the woods for you there uh I was I was both for sure <laughs> so you get to college and you're in this program and you probably felt like oh hello Hello, mean dinging the gay bell, or hello. Well, this is where oh, I belong. This is what oh, I. Oh, yeah. sure, sure, yeah. I mean, it was. I'm such a sponge. I love to learn, and my only training up to that point was was uh, dance class, and I took a couple voice lessons with a local teacher who was great, um, and I did shows. So right, you know, right. it's it's an acting conservatory I'm going to. Right. So all of a sudden, you know your first two years, they hardly let you say any lines. They're just, you're just like breathing and moaning and massaging oh and rolling. And, you yeah, know, and, a lot of those and, classes. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I, I loved every second of it, but highly confused most of the time. Right. Right. Just, just jumping in feet first. Like, great. Let's what, what is that? I don't know what that is. I'm going to do and it. You probably met so many kids from completely different backgrounds that, oh. Yeah. Like, yeah. all right. What? All right. Just this is just a selfish question. When did you guys for meet your first Jew? You know, here's the thing. I didn't understand <laughs> what Jewish meant. <laughs> I didn't understand what it meant. I remember. Yeah. I remember once, like trying to be real macho and saying something to my my brother. Like, oh, you're such a Jew boy. And right. Because I heard somebody say it somewhere. Right, right. Honestly, I didn't know whether like was Jewish, was it was it a culture? Was it a race? Right. Was it a religion? Right. So I couldn't even tell you when I finally like wrapped because I was that naive upbringing. Me, um, me too. I, I don't I don't recall. I don't ever remember. And then but then you're you're moved to a city with all Jews. Jew, 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 Jew. In an industry full. Right. So yeah. did you I mean if you loved Funny Girl, you must have known. You know. well, I remember my mom talking to me about, yes, her being Jewish. And I just right. I was in love with her. You know what I mean? I was just in love right, with her. Right, right, right. And But when, as I got older, though, I, in, co in college years, whatever, I was always attracted to the Jewish men. Absolutely. I like a, I like a, a nice... A nice schnoz Rooney? Yeah, it's, it's and a dark hair. hair. Dark hair. And yeah. the, I, it's, I find it incredibly funny. It's just, it, like, I just love that. I just want to know because, like, you know, I'm a Jew. I grew up around Jews. And I... I I know people who never met a Jew, and to me, that's like, how could you never meet it just because I grew up around them? So, yeah, it's just fascinating. And then, do you do you carry a prejudice? Or are you just like curious? Like, I I wonder where. Right. It's really depends on your parents, and if they say negative shit, that's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, thankfully, right. mine never said negative shit, but they also said never positive shit or you right, know, right, nothing. They said nothing. Right. So, Stephen, where did you go to school? College, not that I can find. I did one year of 
a local college. But during that year, I was getting some work professionally and right. I was very often. And, and I knew uh, it wasn't for me. I just wanted to right. work. Right. And then I did a theme park that summer and then was offered a scholarship for Cincinnati Conservatory. Right. So I didn't go. I was too scared, to be honest with you. I was too really, afraid. I really was terrified. Do you, these, do you regret that? You know what? Sometimes I regret it because I think it would have given me a foundation of confidence. I think right. that I was thinking, I learned everything by watching and that poverty mentality. I didn't right. feel like I was worthy of, of having a scholarship of that. And I was terrified. So I didn't do it. And you would have met more Jews. All right. So <laughs> you then graduate. Yeah. Tell, 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 what, I, what I love, he was talking before about how he, he, he sort of developed this persona to protect himself from being, you know, picked on for being and right. so much. So he was so good at it that when he got to college and he, he was, was rushing for a, a fraternity. Oh, tell about that. Oh yeah. I think, what? and I think to, to change, to counterbalance, I got a job really early working at a jewelry store and all my money, like I said, I love fashion. So I would buy nice clothes. And right. so when I, uh, tried to pledge a fraternity, the one that I wanted to get into, they didn't want me because they thought I was too wealthy because the way wow. I was dressed, you're like, poor, but I, and they're like, what do you mean you're poor? I said, I just do this because I love clothes and, and I want the nicer things. I grew right. up in nothing. So I want nice things in life. So it was a strange thing. That did people, you get into the fraternity? Yeah, I did. <laughs> did you get, um, what do they call that? Like somewhat, rushed and hazed. Rushed, and, yeah. But they, they, they haze and rush a lot of people, but for me, they, I don't know. I think once again, I was kooky and I make people right. laugh right. and I was singing already. The and laughter thing, I'm telling you, such a weapon. Yeah. It was really easy. Okay. So you both then moved to New York city, correct? Yep. Me, me, me right after uh, college. No, I did. Went all around. We're 18 and a half years apart, age-wise difference. And Eight I and a half? Did, 18 and a half. 18 and a half. Wow. 18 and a half years older. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and so I did everything. I did cruise ship and uh, I sang at old nursing homes for right. years. I did a lot of musical theater stuff around the country. Right. I did a show. And, did show you, and you met a lot of working performers. Did you meet other Broadway people? or the yeah, oh, yeah, along the journey. Yeah, yeah. And for me, I, once again, it took me, I always wanted to come to New York, but I didn't actually move to New York until I was 28. I got, I was living in Los Angeles. I moved there, was yes. getting there. And then okay, I, I got a job in Europe. And after right. Europe, I finally had the confidence to come after I did a show in Germany to come to New York. Oh, I Germany. I love Germany. What a great area for the Jews. Okay. <laughs> Steven, Steven's being very, very modest. He, he was, he opened Starlet Express. As yes, the- I read that. So, so he, he just is nonchalantly saying, I went to Europe to do a job. Okay. Mm-hmm. I just want to tell you something. My parents, God rest their souls, went over to Europe. They, they would travel after we all left the house and everything. And they love to travel. And they went away. And I will never forget this. My, they came home. They went to see Starlight Express. Was it in London or? I did the German company, which was the international okay. company. Okay, yes. Yeah. They were in Europe. They went to see it and they loved it. They're like, it's going to be a big hit. And they got me a t-shirt from Starlight Express. Really? <laughs> and I bet they saw you. No, life is crazy. Isn't that funny? Yeah, um, 1988. 88, yep. That's right, bitches. Isn't that right, Greg? <laughs> um, 
Okay, so then you moved to New York at 28. Um, you're 10, Jared, when um, Stephen. Yeah, moved. yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah. Basically. Okay, that's yeah. great. That's really <laughs> Um So, Stephen, you start, you're working. Um, you were a nanny, I read, and you love kids. I adore kids. And the the person who I was a nanny to, I started when she was what? How many weeks old? Like three months, maybe? three months old, and now oh, she's yeah. seven. But they moved during the pandemic to Florida, and her name is Georgia, but I call her Peachy, and she is like my daughter. I really, oh, I, I, can't, I can't stand being away from her. I, I love that. I love that. I love men I who love love, love love. And my mother adored kids as well. Um, okay, so and then Jared, you moved to New York right after. Yeah, you know, I was honestly, I graduated college. I worked a summer stock job, which I had done for the past couple summers. And it wasn't until the end of the summer that I was like, oh, right, I probably have to move to New York. So I remember asking just around the cast, being like, guys, I need to move to New York. Like, what do I do? And my friend Randy uh, and Laura were like, you know, you can sleep. You know, Randy has a futon in his bedroom. Just uh, Wait, are they you know, Jewish, Randy or Laura? No. Oh, fuck no, I don't know. Laura Dazarczyk. I don't know. I don't think I'm not. I don't know. No, she's not. Go. Um, just, it's but, just uh, for bell purposes. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know. I, I I want you to ring that bell as much as possible. Yeah. Smile. Um, so yeah, so I moved to Brooklyn, a uh, Park Slope, probably like September sixth, two thousand one. Right. Right before September eleventh. Yeah, uh, that's a great time to move. Yeah. Great time to move to New York. So my parents, once again, you know, I was the first kid to move that far away from home. They brought me in in our big old van with a bunch of crates of crap and uh dropped me off in brooklyn you know mom cried dad comforted her and away they went so yeah so brooklyn uh park slope was my i first can't time. even imagine that phone call five days later what are you doing <laughs> oh, no, she, it, it would be nighttime she's like what are you doing outside it's dark out you should be out in the dark oh my god that's hilarious yeah um, me for being outside in the dark so and- you auditioned for lion king look i was i didn't care i would go to every audition no matter how obviously inappropriate the audition was for me right right and it really was one of my proudest moments when i i I think i'd just been lying a couple times and finally we're like let's just throw this kid a bone let's give him a call back at least like clearly when i passed him um and i remember being so excited that i got a call back for lion king and that's all the further it went um, but that's, that's the type of person I was and the way I was going at this business. It was like right. everything against the wall and yeah. see what Isn't it just amazing that now you can't move to New York and be a starving artist. You can't, you know, um, I mean, it might change now with the fucking pandemic, but cause there was the roaring twenties after, you know, but it, it, you know, I moved to New York and I was a starving, you know, artist. I mean, I was starving cause I'm. I have a big appetite, but no, I was like, you know, money, but you didn't, you didn't need it. It's like, it was a place for artists to come. And now I feel like we've lost that. I mean, and that work ethic of like, I got to keep trying, got to keep trying. And now these kids, they just do a fucking TikTok video and they think that, you know, oh, it's so fucking annoying. But well, that's the thing. I, 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 yeah. I, mean, I don't know if you run into this at your echelon of your career, but you know, you show up to auditions now and, and they write down, you know, write down your Instagram thoughts. Right now. How many followers you have. It's like, so fucking ridiculous. Like, it's the prerequisite for whether they're interested right. in hearing you or not. Yeah, that's the, oh yeah. Believe me, it happens with the comedians all the time. All right. So, so you're both working. How do you guys meet? First of all, when did you get your equity cards? I got my equity card in the San Bernardino Civic Light Opera outside of LA in mm-hmm. 1985, I think. 
Nice. Yes. yes. Wow. Were you even born yet? Sure. All right. Yeah, he was like sick. <laughs> I was six. 79. He I was sick. He was sick. Um, you were six when he was getting his, just FYI, just want to yeah, yeah. rub that one in. Go ahead, um, Jared. I got my equity card from my, uh, I've been offered it a couple times, but, you know, being the ever practical person, yes. every time I was offered it, I was like, you know what? I don't know if I'm ready. Right. So I would accept the job. I worked at North Shore Music Theater doing Miss Saigon. They offered me an equity contract. I was like, you know what? I want to be treated just like the equity people, but I would rather do the non-union contracts. So I did that. And then the next job I did was where we met. Um, it was uh, uh, in Charleston, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, a guy named, uh, by the name of Eric Sean Fogel was from the area and was for the first year taking over the big annual holiday show. And he was going to direct it and choreograph it. And so we hired some dancers and singers out of New York. Um, and I was one of those dancer singers hired out of New York. And he knew Stephen from cruise ship work. Stephen was a part of a quartet that did concert work. Right. And around. So we hired Stephen and this quartet of singers um, to be the, the, the main vocalist and then hired some dancers out of New York. Uh, and so where we met was in Charleston, South Carolina, doing that short, like maybe what, six week job? Oh, it was uh, three or four weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. short. Mm-hmm. And was it love at first sight? Um, I, I, he courted me. Uh, well, you did. So, yeah, Jared, you like the older gentleman? I, apparently, because I was too young to know what I know what I liked. You know, I, right. I had a couple of boyfriends. Uh, you know, only one of significance. Right. Uh, and really, the idea of flirting, I was awful at it. You know. Right. There was a. There was. A, we went to go sing at a children's hospital. Uh, one day on oh, a break, but no, but like, again, that's what theater people do. We like, we're right. like what can we do for free today. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and, and Steven, as he does made his, his, his bevy of 20 standard jokes and I laughed at all of them. Uh, and, and that sort of started our little like flirtatious relationship. Um, first move. Well, he called me and invited me to come over to his hotel room. Only because, only because one of the other girls in the cast was like, "Look, you know, I'm attracted to one of the singer, one of the older female singers, and you know, you think Stevens, you know, and so uh, we should just call them and just, you know, we're the young ones." I was like, "What am I supposed to say?" So like, just call them and say, "I'm up late doing laundry. Do you want to hang out?" And so I really did it just as a pact with her because she was going to call the girl she was attracted to. Right. I called Steve. I was like, I'm up late doing laundry. You want to hang out? And he said, no. No. (laughs) (laughs) Good one, Steven. He's like, what do you mean you're reading a book? I'm like, I don't know. I said, you said you're an insomniac. You never I was reading The Art of Happiness. Oh, nice. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so so then I just got like annoyed that he said no. And I was like, wait, just come over. and that was really sort of like the beginning of us, you know. You, so I'm assuming you went over, Stephen. I did go over. He did right. go over. Folded laundry and, and other things. <laughs> okay. I bet you folded. Okay. <laughs> so you do you know then that, oh, my God, I'm going to spend the rest of my life with this person? No. no, oh, God, no. Well, both of us were sort of like, that was cute. That was fun. Um, no, no. Uh, but I do remember saying to him, I was like, you know what? This has been so nice. I think I'm going to have to call you and wish you Merry Christmas because the job was ending right before Christmas. Right. So we went our separate ways. You know, I was just moving to New York. I broke up with like a, a long-term relationship that I had during, during college. Um, and I really had no, no designs on, on a relationship at all. I'd been single for 10 years and I was, I was done with relationships. Right. Well, you were already you seventy five years old at that. Point. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you get so back. Are, to, yeah, was that holiday conversation that, yeah. that 
he was like, you know what? If you were really adventurous, you'd rent a car and you'd come down to Nashville to, to my friend who's having a, a New Year's Eve party. And I said, maybe I will. I hung up the phone and I realized you had to be 25 to rent a car. And I was, yes. only, I was only 22. Too young to rent a car. <laughs> I remember but, that from when I was doing stand-up. I was like, fuck, I can't go. Yeah. I, I, I can't go. <laughs> so my, my oldest brother, who had recently broke up with his girlfriend, was like, hey, what are you doing for New Year's? You know, you have any friends having parties? I was like, well, not really anything too exciting. But I said, you know, this guy I met invited me down to Nashville. His friend's having a party. He's like, okay, let's go. So it was my oldest brother, Ryan, who he and I hopped in a car and drove to Nashville with no real plan of like where we were sleeping. Right, right, right. We just drove. Did you know? Because now we're we're talking no cell phones, correct? Correct. Well, I had a cell phone because I was a grown up. He did not. I did not have a cell phone. Yeah, because we didn't grow up with them and you don't fucking need them. Okay. I didn't grow up with them. It was 2001. I had just gotten one by like senior Uh college. Okay, so did you call him and let him? Did, did you call uh, Stephen and tell him I'm coming? Well, yeah, I said, I said, you look, my brother's like, like, let's go on an adventure. And he's like, okay. And and I remember driving up, we like met. Them and in, you like, got the address, right? I'm assuming we met like a parking lot somewhere in Nashville. Like we didn't. And my even- best friend, are you crazy? You invited this guy, and he knew me. I'm like, he's like, what are you gonna do? Is he gonna stay all night? I'm like, I don't know. He's just coming to a party. I had no now idea. was this a gay, gay, gay party? Um, no, it was mixed. It was in, oh, my right. best because I was worried about Ryan, you know, because I want <laughs> Ryan had someone to fuck basket. No, no, Ryan was a brother. He lived in Columbus, Ohio for, for a small time. Right. And I remember him, you know, before I came out, him confiding to me when we saw a car. He's like, see that bumper sticker, brother, on that car? It was a rainbow flag. He's like, that means they're gay. And of course, me just knowing I was gay, but right. not, I was like, really? Is that what that means? Ha ha ha. But since then, you know, I had come out and my, my, my brothers were, were very supportive. Um, so, yeah, so it was, you know, it was, it was a very small party. It was just that like yeah. a house party with a few friends, some musicians. Some and is that when you knew? We actually, we see pictures from that, that weekend and we look like we've been in love forever. You know what I mean? Oh. Like, it, it felt really comfortable. And then when we started driving back and I told him my life story, and he was like, oh, my God, I'm going to have a you know, heart attack. Right. Pull over. But then Wait, where uh, was Ryan during the life story thing? Well, no, so 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 somewhere around like 1.30 in the morning, my brother was like, you know, but I'm kind of done here. Uh, I think I'm going to drive home to D.C. Are you good to stay here? Nice. And I was like, uh, I think so. Uh, so Ryan just drove back to D.C., left me there, and we I guess we had discussed renting a car and driving yeah. back to New York together, and 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 that's what we did. And that's when that, that overwhelmed pull over the car, your life is nuts right. moment happened. And then we go back to New York and I had, I had a little, another mini meltdown. because I was overwhelmed being back in New York. And I remember saying to Steven, you know, I thought I was going to break his heart. I was like, you know, I just, I'm really not looking for a relationship right now. So I, just, I laughed. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm yeah. Good. Because you, you, you know, you're 18 years older than him. Exactly, basically. <laughs> but then we just kept hanging out. Like we just literally yeah. every day we're like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And uh, so it was a very natural evolution right. of like, I just like being around you. Right. Uh, let's keep. See, doing. that's a mature relationship. That's a mature, like a mature way of. And he it. very. I mean, he's like an old grandpa. You know what I mean? And right. I'm like an immature child. So I think that's why. <laughs> Not immature. Well. Oh, that's so. Well, I'm like that too. I'm very childish. I think being childish is very important. Thank you so much for listening to part one of Kill Me Now with Stephen Skills and Jared Bortz. If you enjoy my podcast, which I mean, how can you not? 
please subscribe. Please leave a review because that way more people find this amazing podcast. And also I won't feel insecure that everyone else has like way more reviews than I do. Okay. Five stars only, please. I'll say it again and again and again. If you haven't purchased my book, Yes, I can say that when they come for the comedians, we're all in trouble. There is something wrong with you that you listen to my podcast and do not read my book or get the audiobook because the audiobook is just me reciting the book and it was also featured in uh, the New York Times book review. So <laughs> it's got to be good. Anyway, it really would mean a lot to me. And I hope everyone is feeling great because we have a new president, a new president, a new president. Yeah and vice president. So it's been an amazing week. I'm sure it'll all turn to shit soon. But, you know, listen, I'm a little bit happy. A little bit. So check out my, um, what's it called? My website, judygold.com. Also follow me on Twitter and Instagram for all upcoming. I have some virtual shows and live events. I'm Monday night. I am doing uh, Monday, which is the 20, uh, whatever the, oh, it's the first, February 1st. I'm doing um, a show uh, on Flappers. Flappers, that's the name of a comedy club. Can you fucking believe it? And uh, it's online. So that's going to be a lot of fun with um, uh, Lori Kilmartin, who was a guest on the show and is brilliant. the Jackie and Lori show. So I'll be doing uh, that and just check me out at Judy Gold, J-E-W-D-Y-G-O-L-D. You know, like Jew gold because I'm Jewish. <laughs> anyway, I can't thank you enough for listening. Things are, you know, looking up, baby. And I hope you all have a fantastic week. Thank you so much. And as we always say, so long. Don't forget to tune in next week to Just Kill Me Now. Um, or, it's Just Kill Me Now. Oh. Don't forget to turn uh, for part two on Just Kill Me. No, it's not. It's just, just Kill Me. Now. No, Judy no. Gold's Just Kill Me. Just, just Kill Me Now. <laughs> Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.